What's up, guys? Happy Tuesday to you. It's Tuesday morning. Every Tuesday morning, I'm doing another one of these podcasts. Actually, today, today's a very special Tuesday because today we're going to be doing two podcasts. That's right. Not one, two podcasts. I'm doing one this morning, which is the one that I'm going to be doing right now. And then um, later on this afternoon, I actually have a really interesting interview with Phil Hickey, who is actually the chief marketing officer and head of marketing over at Seriously. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an exciting episode. We're going to talk about the whole world of mobile games, growth marketing, and all that good stuff. But anyway, back to the topic at hand. The topic today is the one word that entrepreneurs and marketers and just about anybody who wants to be successful, the one word that we all must avoid. Now, you'll notice that I'm using the word must there, and there is a reason, right? I could be using should, but I don't want to use should. Why? Because that's the word that we're going to be talking about today. Um, it's really a word that I hate, to be honest, and, and I don't say that lightly. As a matter of fact, I'm always telling my son, he should never use the word hate because it's such a strong word. You know, when you really hate something, you know, that that's that's something that we're very passionately against, right? We we have very strong feelings when we use that word. And so I I tend not to use it lightly. But I really do hate the word should. Um and there's there's a reason for that. You know, the, the reality is particularly as founders, particularly as people who want to get stuff done and want to make a difference. Words matter. And, you know, the choice of words that we have really affects not only kind of how people perceive us, but it also affects our ability to actually deliver on the things that we want to do. Right. So, you know, this morning I, I woke up this morning, I was like, ah, you know, I really should do that that extra podcast, even though I have the interview in the afternoon. I really do need to do my my morning podcast. I should do that. Right. And the minute immediately that that word pops into my mind. I know that basically the kind of like one of three things is going to happen, right? And I'm going to talk about this later in the podcast. You know, either one, uh, I'm going to say, okay, this item is urgent and, you know, um, and important and it really needs to get done. Or two, it's important and it really needs to get done. Or three, it's not important and it's not urgent, right? If it goes into one of the first two buckets, then I know it needs to go into my task list and I know I have to put a date behind it and it needs to get done. If it's not, well, you know, then I can discard it and I can say, okay, that's a nice to have, you know, I'll come back to it eventually whenever, but it's not that important. One of my favorite podcasts that I've been listening to over the last couple of months, which I'm sure a number of you guys out there have heard, is Tim Ferriss's Tribe of Mentors. And in one of his podcasts, you know, he interviews a former Navy SEAL who's also a famous author um, by the, the name of Joko Willink. And... Um, during the interview, you know, he asks Joko a number of questions, uh, as he does of all of the 130 plus people that he's interviewed. And his question is basically, if you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be? What would it be? And Joko's answer, uh, which I really love, is freedom equals discipline. Right? Think about that for a second. Freedom equals discipline. And it kind of seems counterintuitive until Joko explains it. Um, but basically, you know, when you're disciplined about working out, you lose weight, right? You stay physically fit. When you're disciplined about your financial planning, you increase the value of your assets and, and you improve your financial well-being. When you're disciplined about product management in your startup, you build great products. When you're disciplined about marketing, you build great brands, right? So, you know, when you're disciplined about hiring people and hiring the best people, you build great teams, right? You make the culture of your company even stronger. And that's really kind of the reason why, you know, I was, I, I really reserve the word, you know, hate for, for the word should, right? Because again, when you think of your own situation as a founder, 
uh, and somebody who's trying to build a startup, you know, how many of these, of these situations have you actually come across, right? So, so, so check these out and, and give it some thought and think about whether this has happened to you before, right? So um, scenario number one, I really should follow up with that client and find out why he's not signing the contract, right? Scenario number two, I should talk to this product manager and understand why he's not able to work with the people in the engineering team. Three, I should work on my pitch given all the crappy feedback I've gotten from the investors I've seen lately. Four, I really should spend more time with my wife given all the late hours that I've been putting in at work building my startup. Five, I should get an hour into the gym given all the stress that I have. I haven't been working out in like two weeks and it's really, really becoming toxic on my body. Six, I should get some more sleep since I've been working until 3 a.m. for the past four days in a row. Seven, I should tell my co-founder that we're running out of money. This one's usually followed by violent twitches, deep sighs, tears, maybe the smashing of a laptop or all of the above. So if you think about all those scenarios, I'm sure if you're a startup founder out there, you have come across these kind of scenarios and you've had these kind of thoughts multiple times, right? The reality is most of us have. There's always things as startup founders that we would like to do, that we should do, that we don't get around to, right? So now think about these questions. First of all, how did thinking or uttering those statements actually make you feel emotionally, right? What was what was going through your head when you would say those things? How did you feel? Um, also, you know, did you immediately take any kind of decisive action once that thought crept, crept into your head, right? Because if you did, how did that make you feel? And if you didn't, and then you found yourself saying the same thing like a week later, I really should get into the gym, or maybe a month later, or maybe a couple of months later, how did you feel then, right? You see what I'm saying here? Do you guys see a little bit the pattern that's emerging? Uh, I do. And that's, again, why I hate that word so much. This is really why I hate the word should, right? Is because, you know, that, that that's also kind of the reason why I feel that we should all there I go again. Oh, my God. We must, not we should, right? We must make a choice. We must make a superhuman effort to ban that word from our vocabulary, even if it's subconscious, right? Um, a lot of you guys obviously have probably heard of Tony Robbins. You've probably you know, maybe seen some of his shows on YouTube or maybe you've read his book um, or heard some of his podcasts. I know I have. In his book, Awaken the Giant Within, he talks a lot about how we can create powerful lives, right? And one of the things that he mentions, which I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, is the need to make simple decisions, right? It's, 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 you know, the need to basically get on with things. And as he says, you know, making decisions kind of liberates us, right? It gives us purpose. It gives us focus. And this is particularly true when you talk about being a founder, right? When you're, when you're building a business. Um, for me personally, you know, I, I sometimes feel like I'm stressed out because I need to make a decision on something important and I just can't make up my mind, right? Like I can't make up my mind whether I should, you know, go, to, go after a particular um, client or I can't make up my mind whether I should, uh, you know, get a new CRM system or I can't make up my mind whether I should approach somebody to be a co-founder in my, in my latest venture, right? And the longer I take to make that decision, the more stressed out I get. And the longer it takes for me to get to that decision, um, the more annoyed I get with myself. And, and to a degree, the more I'm also lacking in integrity because I know I need to do this, but I don't, right? Um, and the thing that Tony Robbins talks about is kind of 
you know, the, the result of what happens once you, you do make the decision, right? Once you make the decision for better or for worse, most of us totally feel liberated, right? We move into execution mood, bam, and we just start getting shit done. We just start moving forward and we feel good about the fact that we've made that decision and we're no longer thinking about, okay, should we do it? Should we not? We just, we make the decision. We're either doing it or we're not, right? And that's the key since kind of like, Having a, a focus on execution and a pension for action is one of the things that makes the biggest difference between success and failure in startup land, right? Think about that. It's all focused on, on just getting things done and on executing. Um, you know, the other reason why I really don't like the word should is, you know, that should basically means indecision, right? It, it means that I need to do something and I'm not, right? It doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to do it. It just means that I'm stuck kind of in no man's land between doing it and not doing it. I continue think I continually think things through. I'm constantly kind of like I have this thing in my brain and I continue to think, should I do it? Should I not? And I give myself 15 reasons why I should and 15 reasons why I shouldn't do it. Right. I'm essentially I'm kicking the can down the road. I'm drifting it in the land of indecision. Right. Um, I'm giving an example. You know, one of the clients I was uh, I've been coaching, you know, you know, the other day realized, you know, that he really spends too much time working, right? And and he spends a lot of time worrying about his work situation. And he realized that all this time working and all this time spent worrying about work was kind of like seriously affecting, you know, his ability to spend time with people that matter to him, right? Spend time with his partner, spend time with his friends, right? Even spend time, you know, being outdoors and and, and running, right? Which is something he loves to do. And kind of like, you know, when, when I asked him, you know, how he could spend time potentially re-engaging with friends, right? And, and pursuing an activity that, you know, he, he might really like, you know, one of the things he said to me is he said, well, you know, I really enjoy reading, right? Um, and, I, and I really should read more, right? So there goes that word again, right? And he's like, well, how can I find a way to bring together this, this, this desire, this interest, this passion in reading, with also spending more time with my friends, right? So we talked about that for a while. And he came to the conclusion, he was like, wow, well, one of the things I could do is I could set up a book club, right? I could share a book with like a small group of friends, you know, once a month or every once every six weeks, and we all read it. And then at some point we put a date in the calendar and we get together and we talk about it, right? Um, and so, the more we talked about this idea of forming a book club, like the more excited he became, right? And by the end of the conversation, he was so happy and exhilarated that he was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put together a, a list of all the people that I know, and I'm going to put together a list of books, and I'm going to suggest a date when we're going to meet at my house. We're going to talk about these things. So he moved from the land of should to the land of will, right? He moved in from the land of ambiguity to the land of, un uh, of certainty. And he felt so good about doing that, right? And he finally ended up doing that. And it was something that, it was a small thing, but it was something that had been bothering him for a while. And he finally got around to doing it. And, you know, he was able to re-engage with his friends. He was able to read an interesting book. He was able to get these things done. He was able to move forward. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what can we do to remove the word should from our vocabularies, right? And, and look, I'm not saying that you stop using the word should. Right? It would never be that crazy. I mean, it exists in the English language for a reason. There's a reason people use it. Um, sometimes you do need to think things through. Sometimes there are things that you maybe you need to do, but you don't quite need to use to do them now. Right. Or, you know, maybe, you know, you're giving somebody advice or somebody's giving you advice. Right. And you can't you can't be, basically tell people, oh, you need to divorce your wife. 
right? <laughs> it's kind of like you need to say, well, you know, maybe you should get some help or maybe you should have a long conversation with your spouse or maybe you should see a marriage lawyer, right? Um, so certainly there are definitely reasons why you, you're, you're going to continue to use the word. But in terms of getting that word out of our vocabulary for things that we need to do that are not maybes, that are certainties, there are some tips, you know, that, that I'd like to share with you guys about, you know, how, how I look at that word uh, and how I try and get it out of my day-to-day -day vocabulary so that I am able to get more things done, right? Whether, whether that has to do with things that I need to do in my business or things that I need to do with my kids or my close relationships, right? So, so you know, the first thing is kind of as soon as the word pops into my head, right, as soon as I have that thought, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, I, I try and classify the context in which I, in which that action, um, the importance of that action is 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 appearing in my head. Right? If, is it something that I have to do right now? Is it something that I I need to do by a certain date, or is it simply something that would be nice to do? But the reality is, it's not urgent. It's not important, and I'm simply not going to get it done. So if it's if it's the one of the first two, if it's something I need to do right now or I need to do by a certain date, then it's really easy. I open up Asana, uh, which is my my task management um, system online, and I create a task for it. And then and, and I, I put it into a certain category, like it's a personal thing, it's a work thing, it's a kid's thing. I create a task behind it. I put a date next to it. I write a little description of what it is, and, and there it goes. And then I'm going to get that reminder, and I know that you know when I open Asana every morning and I look at all the things I need to do, it's going to be in there, and that's going to create a forcing function for me to do it. If it's one of these nice to have or like, oh, yeah, whatever, this would be cool, then I don't even put it in, into Asana and it doesn't get done. But that also means it's not that important for me, right? I just let it go. Um, the second thing I do is I ask myself kind of like almost consciously, like, what are the consequences of me not doing this, right? What What's it going to mean for me either right now, today, this week, or in the near future? Right. What, what are the severity of the consequences of me not doing this particular thing? And again, if the severity is not important or it really doesn't matter, then it gets discarded. Right. Um, if it is important uh, and if it is particularly urgent, then it turns into a task and I have like further motivation to actually do this. Um, third, well, you know, again, if it's something that's really important, the other kind of uh, way to kind of help yourself do things uh, and move from the land of should to the land of will is to really ask yourself the question, how am I going to feel once I get this done, right? How am I, how am I physically going to feel? How am I emotionally going to feel? But also the flip side is how would I, how am I going to feel if this doesn't get done, right? Well, what am I going to be thinking? Why? Because, you know, your feelings are important, right? And particularly when you're, you know, a startup entrepreneur or you work in a startup or, or you know, for many of us just in work in general, when we ignore these feelings and we push these things aside and we know that we need to do something, we don't do them and we feel badly afterwards, the longer we procrastinate, the worse we feel. And the worse we feel, the more it impacts our confidence. And the more it impacts our confidence, the less we get done, right? And so it's a downward spiral. And so the more of these things that you have that you need to do that are in the land of should, the worse it gets and the harder it is for you to get things done, right, psychologically. Fourth, um, Again, depending on how many and, you know, depending on how important the item is and also depending on whether it involves other people or other parties, you know, I also ask myself whether 
you know, whether or not delaying this, doing this particular thing, you know, does that hurt my integrity, right? And and you'll hear me talk about integrity a lot as a coach, um, both for myself and for the people I work with. Having integrity is one of the most important things that my coach taught me um, when I went through coaching last year. And I had a personal coach for about nine months. And look, I mean, I'm not going to say that having a personal coach, you know, miraculously freaking cured everything, right? And we all have our struggles. We all kind of like have things that we don't want to do, have things that we delay. You know, um, today in the morning I got up, did I really feel like going out and biking 10, 10 miles at 6 a.m.? Not particularly, but it's something I know I need to do, right? Um, and so kind of like I need, I know that I need to be true to my word. I know that if I say I need to do something, I need to do it. And particularly I know that if I tell somebody else that I'm going to do it and I don't do it, then how do I feel afterwards? Well, I don't feel great, do I? I feel, I feel pretty lame. Um, and so being in, you know, having that integrity, both for myself and with others is become extremely important to me, right? If I'm late, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to send a text message or I'm going to send an email. Or I'm going to call the person and be like, Hey, look, I'm going to be late, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I got stuck in traffic, whatever. Um, you know, is it still cool for us to meet? Are you still going to be good with, with that? Right. But I'm not going to be sitting there in my car saying, well, I really should call them, right? I should really text them. Right. For all the reasons that I mentioned above. But when it comes to integrity, again, integrity matters because integrity is what we're all about. Our ability to get stuff done, our ability to be honest with ourselves and be honest with other people. This stuff really matters to us. The more integrity we have, the easier it is for us to get stuff done. The less integrity we have, the harder it becomes to get stuff done. Fifth, you know, one of the tricks I've learned, you know, um, about about dealing with uh, and removing this word from my vocabulary is I've simply learned to say no to people. Uh, and as an entrepreneur, that is one of the most important things you're going to have to be able to do is you've got to know when to just say no, right? You've got to know that when an employee comes to you and says, hey, look, I need a raise or look, I need some time off or look, I need to delay this part of the project by X number of days or weeks, right? Or I need you to do this, or I need you to do that. You you need to learn how to say no. You simply have too few hours in the day to do everything. And that's why every single thing that you do, you need to really think through which bucket it goes into, whether it's like, you know, urgent, important, important, not urgent, etc. And you need to learn how to push back. And when you learn how to say no, then a lot of the should items go away because by default. If they're not that important, then why are you doing them, right? I, I used to have a boss in a startup that I worked in 10 years ago in London. I would walk into his office and he would be freaking online searching for his flights to go to uh, the Valley. And I'd look at him and I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, are you buying your plane tickets? And, you know, we weren't a small company more. We were a couple of hundred people. And this company was about to go public and be, be like, oh, yeah, I'm booking flights, you know, whatever, and getting my hotel. And he's like, you know, and I look and I'm like, why are you doing this? You're like the managing director of the European business. You know, he was the CEO and we'd merged with this other company. I was like, why are you doing this? You know, uh, he's like, yeah, you're, you're right. I, he's like, I really should get a personal assistant. Right. And there we go again. Right. And how many hours had he potentially wasted? Because if any of you who are listening to this podcast has ever bought tickets online for anything, whether it's a flight just like to a nearby you know place which is an hour away or whether it's your holidays, you know how much time this takes. 
you know that it's a colossal, frustrating, freaking epic waste of time. And when you're a founder, that's even worse, right? Because by spending time doing stuff like that, that doesn't add any value, you are implicitly saying that you're not going to do these other things over here, which probably do add value, right? So learn to say no and learn to say no to other people and learn to say no to yourself and learn to say no to people close to you. Uh, and be honest, because it's going to help you focus on what matters, right? Last but not least, the, the you know the other way that I kind of nip the should uh, monster in the bud is, you know, I actually, you're going to laugh when I say this, but I actually practice changing the nature of the sentences uh, and questions that go through my head, right? As soon as I feel that word popping into my head, I either like just obliterate the thought or I replace the word should with must do or will do, right? Uh, and then I see how that makes me feel, um, you know, and, and, you know, if it's particularly important, then I might say I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And it's weird because I actually sometimes feel a, a small surge of energy that goes through me and enthusiasm as I actually make that that mental change in the structure of that sentence. It actually helps me get that thing done. Um if you want to kind of like little tip on that, actually a way to make that even more powerful is say it out loud and say it to somebody that might be near you. As, you know, as the thought comes into your mind, you might be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Bob. This is really something that we can't tolerate anymore. We need to get production back on schedule, right? You'll you'll feel like this strange sense of relief. It go, again, it goes back to what Tony Robbins was saying about make a decision. Right. Decide that you're going to do something and then move on and kind of like get out of no man's land. Right. Um, and sharing with others, you know, you're going to hear me talk about this a lot in, in my podcast in general. Right. Um, setting goals is so important. And then sharing those goals and doing them is even more important because the minute that you share things with others. Right. As the case of changing the word should to the word must and sharing that with somebody. The minute that you share that, it holds you accountable. Again, it goes back to your integrity, right? It basically means that you feel this even stronger urge to do something. And you know that somebody's heard you say it, right? Um, I was talking to a good friend of mine, uh, Sachit Kamat, who's an ex-LinkedIn executive. Uh, he was like a senior uh, product, product uh, manager over there and, and ran some big teams uh, at LinkedIn for a while. And he, he started a company. Uh, a year ago called Zently, uh, which which is really cool. Um, and if any of you guys are renters and share space with uh, with roommates and split bills and worry about rent and all that stuff, you should, you should check it out on the App Store on Google Play. It's a really cool app that helps you stay honest with all this stuff. Um, you know, and I asked him one day when we were having lunch, I said, like, you know, what do you think of the word should? And he just laughed. And he's, you know, because he's a product manager, right? And he said, I never use that word with engineers because the minute you use the word should with engineers, it basically creates the space to build something that was never intended. Right. Think about that. It's just it's just a small word. Right. But but, you know, engineers who are so particularly focused on, you know, getting things done and, and very rational. Right. The minute that you inject a word into a sentence that is so ambiguous um, that's the space that you create, right? It, yeah, we really should add this feature, right? Well, was it in the original product request, uh, product requirement doc? No, it wasn't, but we should really add it because it would be cool. Well, yeah, you should really add it, but you know, how many hours is that going to add to development? And then who's going to test that? And is the consumer going to value that feature? Should you really be doing this? Right? So, you know, in conclusion, um, 
And just to close off this podcast for today, you know, you also need to think about the audience that you're talking to, right? That's also pretty important. Um, you know, if you really need to get something done or you really want to impress on your co-founders or people that you're managing that something is urgent and something is important, should is, is definitely not your friend, right? Should is ambiguity. Ambiguity is the enemy of the founder, right? So keep that in mind. Again, should is ambiguity. Ambiguity is not your friend, right? Now, that's it for me. And you guys should really be getting back to work building your startups. So have fun. Have a great day. Live large. Think big. Get stuff done. And remember, must is what you need to do. Move from ambiguity to certainty and avoid using the word should. That's Mad Mork signing off for Mad Mork Stories. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I kept it short today to the point um, and really factual. And hopefully there's some good tips in there. Wish you guys all the best. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep dreaming big and keep executing. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.